Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. Hey, hey, what it do, good people? What it do, good people? Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober, and uh, got a great show for you today. Every show is great. Why is every show great? Because the Word is in first place in everything that we're doing at this podcast. We're teaching the Word of God. So if the Word of God is being taught in my mind, that means we got a good show. All right. So the show is so good, I want to get it started. But before we get it started, Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much, so much for all you continue to do in our lives, for all you continue to be in our lives. We are so awed by the fact that the creator of the universe has decided to have a relationship with us. And we are so honored and we are so grateful and we are so thankful that you've taken our lives and turned them around and taken our lives to places we never dreamed and taken our lives and into directions that we didn't even see and pulled things out of us that we didn't even know that we could do and, and continue to lead us and guide us and love us and comfort us and embrace us and forgive us and trust us with this thing called life. Thank you, God, as we go forth to learn about your word today, to learn things from your word today. We are expecting life-changing revelation to come out of this time of learning and to come out of this time of studying. God, I declare every ear is anointed to hear not just what I say, but what you say behind what I say in this time of learning and in this time of revelation. Let revelation flow out of my mouth like rivers of living water. Today to your people today, God, we're excited about this time and we look forward to you just being you in this session. We give you free reign to be you in this session. We declare every heart is anointed and open to receive the revelation that you have for us today. We we just thank you. We just praise you. We just honor you. We just We're just awed by your love for us. And we continue to give your name the glory and the honor and the praise. We declare these things to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) As you can see, I'm a little excited uh, about today's session because what we're talking about today is love. Okay? Now, I know, I know, I know. You get around Christian people, you get around church people, you go to enough churches long enough, somebody's going to talk about the importance of love. I get it. And and it's been watered down and it's been deleted, uh, diluted. It's been cliched almost to the point of having no meaning. But, but the power of love has great power. The power of love has great power. And if we can look at love from God's perspective, we can begin to receive it from him and we can begin to give it to other people. And so we're going to look at love from two perspectives, vertical love, God's love for mankind. And then in our next session, we're going to look at horizontal love, uh, the way we love people. Okay, so today's session is called love from the top down. Love from the top down. 
Now, if you've listened to some of the podcast uh, in the past, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but you know we're going to cover some scriptures and uh, we're going to talk about some things and we're going to get revelation from God and, and we're just going to have a good time for a little while and and uh, we know that this is going to bless your life. So here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? All right. Love from the top down. So what we're talking about essentially is God's love for mankind, not just God's love for me, but, you know, we can definitely personalize it that way. But we want to look at overall God's love for mankind, God's love for his creation. And, and I know God sometimes gets a bad rap that he's a vengeful God and he's a God of justice. And, you know, and, and how can a God of love, if he really loved me, why is he allowing me to go through all of this stuff? If he really loved me, why did he take my mama uh, when I wasn't ready for her to go? If he really loved me, why does he allow all of this stuff to go on in wars and blah, 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 blah? I get it. I get it. I really, really do. Okay, And sometimes I have those questions myself. But what we do as godly people is we've got to go back to what the word says. Go back to what God says about his love for mankind. And that's got to be the preeminent way we think about this. I think there's a scripture that says, let, man, let, let God be true and let man be a liar. Now, he's not calling men liars, but the point is we've got to put the word of God above what our circumstances look like. I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast. The word, when the word doesn't match our circumstance, we have to trust the word more than our circumstance. And eventually, if we put faith in that word and we operate in that word and we believe that word, eventually the word will cause our circumstances to line up with the word. But too many times, I think we allow our circumstances to have more impact in our thinking than the word of God when they don't match up. But we've got to make a transition in the way that we think. And we've got to make the word the preeminent way of thinking, the, 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 the life manual. I think we talked about this in the very first podcast, that the word of God is a life manual given to us by the manufacturer of life. And so we've got to put the word of God where God's love is concerned above what we see in the earth. And what it'll do is it'll give us the right perspective on what's going on in life. All right, all right, all right. Let me... Let me get into let me get into what I'm supposed to be getting into. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was supposed to be getting into. I don't know. All right. So here we go. God's love for mankind. Love from the top down. God loves us. And there are reasons why God loves us. And so we're going to look at a couple of reasons as to why God loves us. The first reason that God loves us is because love is what he is. You know, in our society, you know, we hear people talk about, you know, God is a God of love and they kind of use it in a negative connotation. Well, if God is a God of love, blah, blah, blah. God is not a God of love. God is love. That, that his essence, his core, his being is love. And more particularly, more specifically, it's love with no strings attached. Uh, oftentimes we'll use the phrase unconditional love. It's love without conditions. It's love that's not dependent upon what we do. God doesn't love us because of what we do. God loves us because that's who he is. He doesn't have a choice. 
He loves us because he is love. All right. So, so let's look at some scriptures here. Let's go to first John chapter four, verse eight, first John chapter four, verse eight. And, and as I mentioned in earlier podcasts, the translation that I usually use is the New King James translation. If I go to another translation, I'll let you know. And, you know, I have to say these things because this might be your first podcast. You may have missed the, the earlier ones or you get them out of sequence or whatever, you know. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just flowing today, man. I'm just flowing today. All right. First John chapter four, verse eight. First John 4 and 8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. He's not just a God who does love or a God of love. He is a God who is love. As I mentioned earlier, his essence is love. His core is love. Love is just what he is. It's not what he does. It's like sugar is sweet. Sugar doesn't have to try to be sweet. Sugar just is sweet. All right, now I'm not, okay, I got my health people uh, running away from sugar. Um, <laughs> white sugar and things of this nature. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just using it as an example, all right? Sugar is sweet. Sugar doesn't have to try to be sweet. Sugar just is sweet. It's the essence of what sugar is, right? So God is love. He doesn't try to love. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, want to love. He just is love. It's just what he is. So, so even if you look at some of the things that you read about in the Old Testament, these people died and these people were killed and these people got leprosy and da-da-da-da-da. If you look at it from a perspective of love, and understand that it's not an emotional connection. It's not a feeling what we're talking about. This kind of love is not a feeling. It's a character. It's a characteristic, right? Then you start to see those things from a different perspective. And I, you know, you might have to do some really in-depth studying on some of those things in the Old Testament to, to, to really catch what I'm talking about. But, but he is love, man. He is love. All right. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can emphasize that anymore. He, God, is love. And so because he is love, all he can do is love us. Our jacked up, crazy, twisted, angry, rebellious selves, he is love. We're going to look at some stuff here down the road because I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm in a spot tonight, man. I'm just... I'm just in a place, so you all just, y'all pray for your boy, okay? <laughs> so, the first point, God loves us, why? Because love is what he is, all right? Let's look at the second point, uh, the second reason that God loves us. It's found in Jeremiah 31 and 3. Jeremiah 31 and 3. And I'll give you guys now the reason. The reason that God loves us is because he said it. He, he declared his love for us many different places in Scripture, but th this one particular Scripture I just really like uh, when it comes to uh, God declaring his love for mankind. Jeremiah 31 and 3. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. 
Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. With loving kindness, I have drawn you. I didn't draw you with meanness. I didn't draw you with, if you don't love me, if you don't have a relationship with me, I'm sending you to hell. I didn't draw you with punishment. I drew you with loving kindness. With loving kindness, I drew you. There's one scripture, I believe it's in Romans, where Paul says that know ye not that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance? Not the punishment of God, not the wrath of God, but the goodness of God. Where does that goodness come from? It comes from his love for mankind. He said it. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I'm looking at another translation here called the message translation. The message translation says, oh man, this is so good. I've never quit loving you and never will. Ex expect love, love, and more love. I've never quit loving you. No matter what you did, no matter what you did last night, no matter what you did last week, no matter what your old life was, wherever you are in your life right now, God says, I will never quit loving you. And what you can expect from me is not wrath, is not punishment. Is I mean, you know, we've got correction that, that God will deal with us because he loves us. But what you can expect, everything that comes from me to you is coming from a place of love because I never quit loving you and I never will. I'll never quit loving you. I'll never stop loving you. I'll never stop loving you. And it's got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with him. Amen. So God loves us because love is what he is. God loves us because he made his declaration of love for us. But you know, <laughs> I, I don't know how many of you guys have been in a relationship where a person told you over and over again how much they loved you, but there was no proof behind it. There were no actions to back up that declaration of love. And it could have been said in such a sweet manner. And I'm a dude. So, you know, baby, I just, I just love you. I just, I just, you mean so much to me. I just love you. Oh, I love you too. Right? All of that. Or in the flip side, babe, I just love you so much. You just so, you just so wonderful. You just so great. And, and you just so awesome. Oh, baby, thank you. I really appreciate that. We've had those conversations in any type of relationship on and on and on, right? But, but many of you know, if there are no actions that back up that declaration of love, those words at, at some point stop having any meaning. They just stop having meaning because there's no actions to back it up. So a declaration of love isn't worth anything if it isn't backed up by action. And God is like, cool, I got you. So he proved his love for us, right? And I've got a couple of scriptures that back that up. God proved his love for us. He didn't just declare in the Old Testament, I love you, and then went on about his business. He proved it. And the first place he proved it is in one of a very popular scripture. It's John 3.16. Most of us know it by heart. Um, I, I was actually at work today, and there was a bag. And, um, yeah, I'm going to give them a shout-out because I didn't know this. Some of you may have known it. Uh, there are various companies that will slip a scripture in uh, into a, the, on the receipt, you know, because they're, they're Christian companies, but they're not, you know, 
they're not selling Christian material. They're just a Christian-based company that's, you know, just a regular company. Uh, there's a there's a, a burger restaurant out here in California that up underneath the cup they have John 3:16, and I saw another uh, retail company called Forever 21, and I don't know why, but in where I work in my work area there was a Forever 21 bag that's been there for I don't know how long, and I just happened to look at that bag today and it had John 3:16 on the bottom of the bag. I said, look at that, Forever 21, dropping the word. So shout out to Forever 21. Uh, God bless you guys. Hope all is well uh, with the company. All right, John 3.16. And they're not paying me to say that. So don't, don't get all upset. I'm not, there, there's no sponsors on this show. It's just me and a microphone. <laughs> all right. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, here we go, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved, declaration, that he gave action, right? He backed up his words with action. I so love mankind that I'm willing to give my life, I'm give the life of my son for mankind so there can be an exchange that, that my son's righteousness will be exchanged for mankind's sin. And, and my son will take on the sin and exchange it for his righteousness. And we go from being a sinful nature to a righteousness nature based on the love that God has for mankind. And that anybody who receives Jesus as Savior will get the righteousness package and give up the sin nature. And this exchange happens as a, as a demonstration of God's love for us. The Amplified says that God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. Now, I know, I know, man, it's crazy out there. There's crazy stuff going on. There's heartbreaking things going on um, that, that just breaks your heart and brings you to tears and can bring you to frustration and to bring you to anger. And, and for those of us who are Christians, some of us will look to the heavens and say, God, how can you let this happen? And, and what we're seeing doesn't necessarily reflect God's love for mankind. But I said this earlier in the podcast, we've got to put the word as preeminence in our belief uh, as opposed to our circumstances. And though things are crazy, God still loves mankind. And though many have rejected him, God still loves mankind. And though many don't know him the way they think they know him and they're operating on bad information, he still loves mankind. And he loves mankind so much that he sent his son to die for all of mankind thousands of years ago. That's how much he loves us. All right. Now you might go, hey, okay, Cliff. Yeah, okay. But I'm, I'm still not convinced. I got you. I got you. All right. So let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Man, man, I'm fired up today, boy. I don't know. <laughs> Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And again, and, and this is for, you know, those of you who are in romantic relationships. Listen, 
Words are great, but you got to back it up with action. I, I was uh, I was in a really tough place in my life some years ago when I was working in ministry and serving under a wonderful young adult pastor and uh, really struggling with some things. The, 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 the path that God had put me on was a pretty dry, tight path, and I, was, I wasn't doing too good. And uh, this young adult pastor who I was working under was just so gracious to me and and really helped me walk through this thing and was just a great source of counsel. And when I got on the other side of it, I came to him one night and I thanked him for all he had done for me. And he looked at me, he said, <laughs> he said, Brother Cliff, I believe that love is an action word. And boy, that thing hit me because he had demonstrated that. He had demonstrated that in my life. He loved me and he did things for me and he did things on my behalf and he, and he talked to me about some things and he embraced me as a brother and as a friend and not just as an employee and he helped me walk through that thing that I was walking through by his actions. So now if somebody said, came to me and said, well, does so-and-so love you? I can say, yeah. And they say, well, how do you know? And I said, because he proved it by his actions. And so likewise, God proves his love for mankind by his actions. So let's look at Romans 5 and 8. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us. Here it is. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now this is sort of like the second part of John 3.16. Why did God do what he, do, do what he did? Well, John 3.16 says he so loved the world. But here it says he demonstrates that love. He gets more specific now. He demonstrates the love that he has for us because when we were, when we were out there clubbing, when we were out there doing the most, when we were out there getting lit, uh, uh, when I was coming up was called getting drunk was called getting full. When we was getting full, and I, I wasn't really a drinker, but, you know, I was still out there around it. Right. When we were out there, you know, doing what we were doing, not even thinking about God, going to church and doing crazy stuff in the alley after choir rehearsal. Come on now. Come on. Right. Smoking it up in the church with the choir and the singing and the preaching and then smoking it up in the car with cigarettes and weed. Right. While we were yet sinners. I just got to be real. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We weren't even here yet. Or, or, or we, were, we were still out there doing what we were doing. Christ died for us way before we came along. Way before we showed up. It's thousands of years ago. He proved his love for me before I was even here. My God, my God. And it already made a way for me to have a relationship with him. Okay? So he demonstrates his love he doesn't just tell us that he loves us. He demonstrated his love by sending Christ to die for us when we didn't have anything that we could bring to the table for God. When we didn't have anything that we could do for him to make him go, oh man, thank you. I just love you for that. That's a human emotional relationship type of thing, which is a different type of love that we're talking about. We're talking about a love that has no conditions, no strings attached. I'm just doing this for you because I love you. Now, you can repay me and you can praise me and you can honor me and you can live the life that I have for you and you can serve me. And you can be faithful to me. But if you never do any of those things, I still love you. And I proved it 
by sending my son to die for you. Here's a translation called the voice translation. I almost slipped into my radio voice on that one. Here's a translation called the voice translation. <laughs> the voice translation says, but think about this. While we were wasting our lives in sin, God revealed his powerful love to us in a tangible display. The anointed one died for us. What? God revealed his powerful love to us in a tangible display, in a way that we can see it. The anointed one died for us. That was the tangible display. And you know, we're, I'm recording this podcast. We're a couple of a couple of weeks away from Resurrection Sunday, and and we celebrate what we're talking about here. We're celebrating the tangible display of the love of God coming up on Easter Sunday, that He sent His Son to die for us, man. You know, and if, if if we take a minute to let that marinate, that while I was sinning, God had already sent Jesus to die for me. Before I could sing in the choir, before I could preach a sermon, before I could serve on an usher board, he had already proven his love for me by sending his son to die for me. And we think about all of the stuff that we used to do. Think about some of the stuff maybe we still do. And it, and it doesn't stop God from loving us. I'm getting ahead of myself, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But, it, but there's nothing that we can do to stop God from loving us. And, I, and, and somebody needs to hear that because you've been given a bag of lies that someone has told you that because of what you did or because of what you've done or because of where you're from or because of what you look like or because of what political party you're a part of, that somehow those things don't qualify you for God's love anymore. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. God loves you no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter how many times you mess up, no matter how many times you fall, right? The scripture says a, a righteous man falls seven times but gets back up. And even if you don't give up, get back up, God still loves you. There's a, there, there, is a, there is a godly hand extended towards you. And all you got to do is reach out and grab it. And that hand will never be pulled back from you. Now, your actions may take you far away from that hand. But, eh, God, I see that. I, oh, I see that. Ooh, that's so good. The hand of God will extend as far back as it needs to extend to get to you. There, 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 there is no distance that's too far for God's hand to extend his hand of love to extend towards you. So don't you ever believe that you've done something so terrible that God stops loving you. God will love you and it doesn't matter what you do. Now, our actions have consequences. So I don't want anybody thinking I can live any old kind of way and God's going to love me and it's not going to matter. No, 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 no. The scripture says to be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So if he sows, he sows to his flesh, he shall of the flesh reap corruption. So don't get it twisted. He'll love you, but you may still have to deal with your dirt. He loves you. You still may have to go to prison. He loves you. You still may have to raise that kid. 
He loves you, and you still may have to pay back that stuff that you stole. He loves you, but you still may have to go to rehab. Okay? So, so, so those, those things, those dots don't necessarily connect. My actions do not impact God's love for me, but my actions may impact my life. Okay? So I need y'all to catch that. That, that. That's really important. So God will love you in jail. <laughs> God will love you when you contract the disease. God will love you when you got to deal with baby mama drama or baby daddy drama. He'll still love you. But you may have to deal with that thing. But you know, here's the cool thing about God's love. He's right there with you. And he's, if you let him and if you ask him to, he'll walk you right through that thing and help you navigate that thing. Uh, uh, what was it? The Hawkins family. He'll walk right in front of you to always protect you, Jermaine Hawkins, so the devil won't do you no harm. If within your heart you let him in, new life will begin. Why? Because he's just that kind of friend. Ooh, I felt a preach on that one. Ooh. All right. So God demonstrates his love for us, proved his love for us, revealed his powerful love to us in a tangible display and sending Christ to die for us. All right. One more. Ephesians 2 verses 4 through 6. Ephesians 2 Verses four through six. Man, this is good. I wasn't uh, wasn't planning on doing this podcast today, but the Holy Spirit was like, "No, nah, let's rock it out. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's rock it out." I'm like, "All right." So I, you know, I have to pray before I do anything, and 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 here we go. <laughs> All right, Ephesians two, verses four through six. Verse four says, "But God, who is rich in mercy." Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, there it is again, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What? Wait, wait, what? When we were dead in trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. Why he do that? Because he's rich in mercy and he loves us with a great love. I was reading that one morning and I read that scripture many times. And it just hit me one morning. God loves me with a great love. And I started thinking about some of the stuff that I had done in my past you know, I was raised well. I got awesome parents. I was raised in a great community. You know, I was young. I did some stuff. Not, not crazy, crazy stuff, but I did some stuff. And I started thinking about some of that stuff that I had done. And I read this scripture that God loves me with a great love. Wow. And tears started coming out my eyes. That God loves my crazy behind with a great love. And, 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 and I'm hearing it now in the Holy Spirit. Son, stop calling yourself crazy. All right, I'm going to stop calling myself crazy. <laughs> but I've done some crazy stuff. <laughs> but, 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 but the revelation that God loves me with a great love, a great love he loves me with. So much so that even when I was dead in my trespasses, separated from him by my sin nature, he made me alive together with Christ. I think that the, the traditional King James for alive, uh, they use the word quicken. He quickened us together. 
with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. And then, not, not only did he just raise us up together, I mean, uh, uh, make us alive together, he raised us up together. And not only did he raise us up together, he made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He made us to sit in places that we didn't even qualify for. There's a story uh, in the, in, about the story of David. You know, David's boy was Jonathan, and Jonathan had a son, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth was living in a place called Lodabar. And, and while he was a baby, Jonathan and, and his father Saul were in a battle, and they both died at the same time. It's a great story. And when word came back to Lodabar, that Saul and Jonathan had been killed, the lady who was holding Mephibosheth in her grief dropped the baby. And when she dropped Mephibosheth, he became lame in his feet and he couldn't walk and he was a cripple and he grew up a cripple way outside of the palace. And so one day, years later, David is looking to bless somebody in Jonathan's family. And, and, and somebody tells him where there's this guy, Mephibosheth, he lives in Lodabar, he's Jonathan's son. And, and David says, bring him to us. And, 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 and Mephibosheth comes from Lodabar, which I understand is translated the place of low-level living. And he goes from Lodabar to David's palace, and they sit him at the king's table. And he calls himself, a, a, I think it was a, a lowly dog. He said, I don't deserve to be here. Why am I here? I haven't done anything to qualify to be here. And David says, you are the son of, of my friend. And because he was such a blessing to me, I want to be a blessing to you. So come sit at this table that you didn't do anything. You didn't win any wars. You didn't win any battles. You're not a great king. You're not a great leader. But you're connected to somebody that I love. And because of your connection, I'm going to put you in this place. And this is what God did for us. We didn't do anything to deserve to be raised up in heavenly places. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't deserve to be made alive and quickened with Jesus. But because of who we're connected to. We're connected to Jesus by our faith in what he did on the cross. And we asked him to come into our hearts and be our savior and be our Lord. And because of that connection, we get to sit in places that we didn't even qualify to sit in. What? That's how much God loves you. That's how much God loves you. That's how much God loves you. The Amplified says, but God, so rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. He did all of those things. The great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. I don't know if you've ever loved somebody with a great and wonderful and intense love. You can't stop thinking about them. You can't stop talking about them. You want to be around them all the time. You just, it's, it's almost like, you know, stalking them. <laughs> I just love you. I just want to be around you. I was in college some years ago and and I'd done some things uh, in our black cultural center and I'd performed in some plays and done some performances and people, you know, were into it. It was great. And, and, and the guy who ran the cultural center 
saw me one day and and <laughs> he used some pretty colorful language when he did it but he expressed his love for me and and it and it surprised me but he just grabbed me and he said man i just love the blankety blank out of you and it was you know it was intense the way he said it and the way he expressed it and it made me feel good right god loves us that way god can't stop thinking about us god wants to talk to us all the time you know we have a phone conversation you hang up no you hang up no you hang up first no you hang up no you hang up god never wants to hang up he never wants to stop talking to us. He never wants to stop telling us how amazing we are. He never wants to stop telling us about the plan that he has for our lives. He never wants to stop telling us who we are from his perspective. Because he loves us with a great and a wonderful and intense love. My goodness, man, I'm almost in tears here. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. But I'm not, Cliff. They, they, who, what you are and what you're not doesn't have anything to do with the way God loves you. He loves you with a great and wonderful and intense love. And he proved it when he sent Jesus to die in your place for your sin and gave him his righteousness. Man. Man. I know somebody shouting on that right about now. I, they, I'm, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Go ahead and run. Keep the podcast on, but go ahead and run. <laughs> All right. So, man, that's so good. God loves us because love is what he is. God loves us because he said he loved us. Then God loves us because he proved it. He showed his love. He proved his love for us in, in, in sending Jesus to die on our behalf. All right. Let's look at this last aspect of God's love. I think it's the last aspect. Let's see what we got. Uh, yes. Last aspect of God's love. God's love is inseparable and God's love is permanent. God's love is inseparable and God's love is permanent. Let's look at the inseparability of God's love. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Man, I'm getting tired. I'm just sitting here. This is this is this is blessing me right about now. <laughs> Romans 8, 38, 39. And I, was, I alluded to this earlier when I said I didn't want to get ahead of myself. So here we are right here. Romans 8, 38, 39 says, and this is Paul talking. He says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Here's a translation that's called the Phillips translation. He says, I have become absolutely convinced that neither death nor life, neither messenger of heaven nor monarch of earth, neither what happens today nor what may happen tomorrow, neither a power from on high nor a power from below nor anything else in God's whole world has any power to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. There is nothing created that, that can separate us from God's love for us. 
Now, I said earlier, you know, our actions may cause us to draw back, but God's hand will extend. I, I just got an image of the arm extending and his hand being open as far as it needs to reach to get you where you are to 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 to, uh, to get his love to you, to get his love to you. He'll extend his arm. Now, we know God doesn't have arms, but y'all know what I'm talking about. He will extend himself as far as he needs to extend himself to the pit of hell to demonstrate his love for you. That no matter where you go, I think David said in one of the Psalms, if I'm up on the mountaintop, he's there. If I'm down in the valley, he's there. No matter where I am, he's there. And when he's there, he wants to show his love to you in some kind of tangible way. The level of just like in a relationship, the level of love that comes to us is based on how wide and how open we are to receive it. If I'm only if I'm only open to receive a teaspoon of love, then I can only get a teaspoon of love. If I got a tablespoon uh, 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 openness for love, I'll get a tablespoon of love. As wide as I want God to love me, as much as I want God to love me, he'll pour that love to me. Matter of fact, I think in, in Romans, he says that the love of God is poured into our hearts or shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, that's his love being poured into us that we'll use to love other people. That's another podcast. Um, <laughs> but, but, but his love, we can... Help me say this the right way, Father. He will give us as much love as we choose to receive. God will give us as much love from him as we choose to receive. So if, I, if all I choose to receive is a teaspoon of his love, that's all I get. And people say, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you, more of you, Lord, more of you. Then open yourself up to receive more of him. The more of God is not based on God. The more of God is based on us. How much of God are you able to receive? How much of God are you willing to receive? How much love capacity have you given in your heart to be able to receive love from God? And if he loves me greatly and he's always talking to me and if he loves me intensely, man, they, all the love I need has already been made available. Uh, uh, what's the old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness? All I have needed, thy hands have provided. So we're going to transpose that. All the love I needed, you've already provided. So I'm going to open myself up to receive more love from you. Love, love that will tell me about myself. Love that will help me forgive people who did wrong to me. Love that will allow me to love myself. I'm, I'm going to open myself up more to receive. And, you know, you may say that, God, I'm going to open myself up to receive more of your love. And you may not know exactly how to do it. But if you keep letting him love you, he'll show you how to do it. He'll, because he wants to love you as much as you will allow him to love you. Because that's just who he is. And that's just how he loves. And that's just our God. So God's love is inseparable, and then God's love is permanent. This is probably one of my top three favorite scriptures that I've ever read in the Bible, because I ain't read them all, so there might be some more in there that I haven't read yet. But of the ones that I've read, this is one of my top ones. Hebrews 13 and 5. Hebrews 13 and 5. 
Hebrews 13 and 5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Why? For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, now hold on to your hats because I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Translation. The Amplified says, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. I will not, I will not, I will not leave you helpless. I will not, I will not, I will not forsake you. I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. He says, I won't even relax my hold on you. Once I got you, it's not I'm not going to let you go. It's I'm not even going to relax my hold on you because of the intense love that I have for you. And if you don't let go of me, I'm never going to let go of you. I will not fail you. I will not give you up. I will not leave you out support. Sometimes we're in situations where we just feel all alone and God is like, I will not leave you without support. I'm right here. This is not a holy phrase. It's not a biblical phrase, but it's a godly phrase. And I hear it all the time these days when I'm troubled about something or concerned about something. Uh, I'll hear it, son. I got you. I got you. I got you. And I'm hearing it from other men and women of God where God is telling them, I got you. I got you. Those three words encapsulate what we're looking at here. I got you means I'm not going to in any way fail you. I got you means I'm not going to give you up. I got you means I'm not going to leave you without support. I'm not going to leave you helpless. I got you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to let you down. I got you. Why? I love you. Yeah, but Lord, I messed up and I put myself in this place and I know I got you. Yeah, Lord, but I know you told me to do this and I didn't do it and now I'm in this situation. and I, I got you. It's not where I want you to be. It's not the best that I have for you. But I got you. I'm living this lifestyle and I don't know and people are mad at me and I got kicked out of my house and no, 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 I got you. Get in a relationship with me. If you're in a relationship with me, I got you. I got you because we're in a relationship. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to leave you without support. Somewhere support is, is, is waiting to show up in your life. There's somebody out there needs some support in what they're doing. They need to be told it's going to be okay. Hear my voice. Hear God through my voice. It's going to be okay. He's got you. He's got you. Support is coming. It's coming. He's not going to leave you helpless. You're not helpless. He's got you because he loves you. And his love for you has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. 
and how he loves you. This is what we call love from the top down. Love from the top down. Man, I hope you got something out of this today. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope I hope I didn't get you so excited you had to pull over your car. If you were listening to it in your car, shouting on the subway or wherever you are, you know. But but when we really get a revelation of the love of God, that's what it will cause us to do. I appreciate you guys so much, man. Thank you for listening. I had a couple of other scriptures I wanted to share, but that's enough. That's that's more than enough. <laughs> I know it's enough for me, so I'm sure it's going to be enough for you. Hey, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I know that it's been a blessing to your life because it's been a blessing to me. Um, uh, if you have any questions, I got information. Uh, the announcer is going to give some information on how to reach out to me. I really look forward to hearing from you guys. Um, man, man, God loves you, dude. God loves you, girl. He does, he does, he does. All right, I got to go, I got to go. God bless you, God keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he always give you peace. And may you always remember that he loves you. And I'll see you next time on the Word Experience Podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.